Well, I believe this is a very pertinent passage for us this morning. I've actually been amazed at, I, I think, uh, at least the last few Sundays, I, I feel like that God has had a, just, a, just a, such a timely word, uh, not, not to exalt Josh or me, but, but really to exalt God and the passages that he's brought before us uh, that I, I feel like have just been so, so, so pertinent to what we need to hear. And uh, if, you have, if you haven't listened to the messages the last couple Sundays, I, I really just uh, I would exhort you to, encourage you to. Um, and I feel like this morning is, is also just so timely. Uh, I feel like it's something that God has, has for us uh, today. We're, we're going to talk about dealing with the devil today. You know, if, if, if it sometimes feels like something or someone is against you, it's because someone, something is against you. Uh, Peter calls him your enemy, the devil. Uh, he, he is not just somewhere out there, not just somewhere in some other place doing damage to other people. He is after you, and he's after me. Uh, it's personal. Uh, he is your adversary. Uh, the Amplified reads, that enemy of yours. That enemy of yours, the devil. The devil wants to totally destroy you. Uh, he seeks to ruin you. He wants to take you down in any way that he can. Uh, he is filled with, with hatred toward you. Uh, he has no kind thought towards you, no pity for you, no sympathy for you. And he would rejoice over your downfall. In the old classic uh, book, The Christian in Complete Armor, uh, William Gurnell said, Satan sits in the corner and laughs when he has pulled a saint into some sin or some oppression or depression. When you are at your lowest low, he is most gleeful. And not only is he just against you, he is powerful. He's formidable. The devil, the devil is a fallen angel, uh, likely the most beautiful and powerful angel God created. He is not God's equal. Nevertheless, he is a formidable foe. And we are not to regard him or his schemes lightly. Uh, Peter describes him as a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He is not merely a, a troublemaker. He is not merely an irritant in your life. He's not uh, merely the, uh, a voice whispering in your ear, ear to do something you know you shouldn't. Uh, it's, it's more serious than all of that. He, is, he can damage you severely like, like a lion with a, a fierce appetite. Some people wonder why he describes him as a, as a roaring lion and just seems to me to, to, to emphasize the, the, the fierceness of the devil, uh, the uh, frightening power that, that, he, that he has. 
You know, when Jimmy, Jimmy Swaggart was picked up for prostitution years ago, uh, Leonard Ravenhill, I don't know if many of you have heard of him, but Leonard Ravenhill, big, a bold preacher, he just shouted out, the devil got him. The devil got him. And he does get people. And I've seen people fall in my lifetime that I never, I never thought would fall. Luther wrote, for still our ancient foe does seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great and armed with cruel hate. On earth is not his equal. Of course, in Jesus Christ, we possess the means of complete and total victory over him every time. But Peter says we need to know the the danger the threat that he is to us so that we would live with the proper spirit and attitude in order to escape from his vicious attacks. So the first key key to dealing with the devil that Peter gives us is from any... the, The way to deal with any attack from the devil is to be sober and alert. So this is sort of a, a, a mode, we are to always be in this, this a mode of preparation, a mode of watchfulness. And pers- even though we read the uh, NIV this morning, I, I personally like the, the, the New American Standard here, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. And so that's really the first Line of defense, if you will. You know, when we, when we build houses, we talk about caulking in between doors and windows. That's the first line of defense against water intrusion. Okay, Spiritually, the first line of defense is to be in this state of watchfulness, to be of sober spirit. Because we know that we have an enemy... And because we now know through Peter and other scriptures who he is, because we know the damage that he can do, because we know that he is our adversary, and because we know he is against us, therefore, we are to be of sober spirit, to be on the alert, to be vigilant. It is, it is when we are spiritually careless or flippant or unguarded that we can experience our worst defeats. Now, we must also be on guard against the devil because the Bible presents the devil as being very clever and deceptive. Peter says he prowls about like a lion. I am not an expert on on lions, but to me it seems like they sneak up on their prey, they watch their prey from a distance under cover, and they pounce on their prey with great speed and fury. In another passage, Paul wrote, But I am afraid, I am afraid that just as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. He describes Satan there as being deceiving, deceptive, cunning in in his approach. The New American Standard says, Deceived. I'm afraid that you would be deceived by his craftiness. 
In another passage, Paul talks about the schemes of the devil. He, dis- he disguises himself as an angel of light. So, so we have, we have these, these factors that we, that we have to be aware of, that Satan is, is our enemy, he's against us, uh, he's powerful, and also that he is very clever and very scheming. And just, just when you think you're fine and can stand and everything, he, he can find a way to, uh, to attack. So Satan and his schemes are not always easily recognized, especially if we're not on the alert. And I am amazed in my own mind, my own experience, how I can be led astray from the joy and glorious blessing of being a Christian and just so quickly can get pulled down into some oppression or discouragement. And I, I just didn't see it coming. I got pulled into a circle of thoughts or into a cycle of thoughts uh, that, I, that I wasn't on guard for. I didn't recognize it as coming from the pit. And I allowed myself to follow those, those thoughts uh, downward into a place away from my joy in the Lord and away from this simple, pure devotion to, to Jesus and simple, pure enjoyment of him. Some of Satan's favorite traps for or schemes for believers are, of course, sexual sin, anger, bitterness, excessive sorrow, spiritual pride, causing believers to rise up against one another. I, I actually think there's a reason that this warning from Peter follows so closely what Peter said, you younger men be subject to your elders and all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. That's a a big tactic of the devil to get people to rise up, not be subject, not be humble towards one another. He accuses our consciences. He can get us to focus our attention on ourselves instead of on Christ. He can tell you lies like God is sick of you, God is disappointed in you, or God doesn't like you, or he's tired of you, or he has given up on you as a complete failure. So we, need, we all need, each and every one of us need to learn where and how he attacks us and be ready for it. I don't know that I could justify this from a particular verse and chapter, but it seems to me that most of us tend to fall again and again uh, in the same ways. And you probably are aware of or have seen a pattern in your life where Satan, through his deception, will pull you into a certain behavior, a certain action, a certain pull you in a certain direction. He'll pull your thoughts in a certain way and he'll, he'll just take you down. You might even think he's taking you into a good place, but you find out it, it, it's, it's not really where the Lord wants you to be. And those, those, those thoughts can take you into spiritual oppression or deep depression or sexual sin or pride or slavery to an old habit or lead you into anxieties and fears. And you can be sure that that is the work of the devil. And you must, you must learn to be alert 
and watchful against the particular schemes of the devil that tend to work against you. Now here is something else that, that from a, I think from a practical level may help you to help you clarify when and where you are being attacked. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is that uh, the kingdom of God does, does not consist of eating, eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I mean, that is the kingdom of God. That's what it's like to live in the kingdom of God. I mean, there's certain other things, t- certainly too, love and so forth, but Paul just, just calls righteousness, peace, and joy. That's what living in the kingdom of God is all about. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So to any, any degree that, that we're not living in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, the devil is, has made a foothold or is working to make a foothold there. So be, become alert, alert to those ways of thinking, those patterns in your heart that are keeping you from living in peace and joy and righteousness and hope and love, and unity, and all the things that God calls us to. Be alert to those things that are going on in your heart and mind. And be on guard. Be on guard against allowing the devil to seductively and very cleverly uh, take you into places that you ought not to go, and into those mental and spiritual prisons that he would try to take you. Now, there, there are a thousand ways that, that the devil can pull you away from simple and, and a joy-filled devotion to Christ. But it seems that, that Peter had one particular uh, tactic or situation in mind in this passage. In verse 9, he says, uh, But resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So I take it from that that Peter is is especially concerned about the kind of attack that that the devil brings against people who are suffering and how he seeks to use suffering as a means to undermine uh, people's faith. So when you are in in hard or painful or discouraging circumstances, when other people are hurting you, when you've experienced grief and disappointment and loss, that is when Satan comes along and seeks to undermine your faith, to ruin your faith. And why is it that he goes after your faith? Well, there's probably several different ways we could put it, but to me, just putting it the way I experience it, is that you are only victorious when you are full of faith. And you're only experiencing victory over the devil when you're full of faith. Uh, or, or perhaps we could say we only enjoy the victory and the riches won for us at the cross of Christ when we are full of faith in those 
promises and those things that God has done for us. And, you know, it, it takes a, a firm and robust faith to, uh, to rejoice in the Lord. And as we talked about earlier, I mean, when it, we, we are able only to walk in righteousness, peace, and joy when we believe. We're filled with hope and looking forward to heaven when our faith is alive, when, when our faith is firm in those promises. Uh, it's when we are full of faith that anxieties and cares flee, when we are full of faith that God cares for us and that we can cast all our cares on him. So we must, we must make every effort to protect our faith against the devil. And I'm going to come back much more to this topic of how we stand firm in faith, but now I'm going to move on to, to Peter's, really his second admonition. His first is to be, be of sober spirit, to be watchful, be on the alert. But his, his second admonition, kind of following through the passage, is but resist him. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. Second step, second key in dealing with the devil is resist him. So be sober, be alert, and then be a person who learns how to resist the devil. Resist simply means to say no, to push back, to refuse entrance. If a, if a bad person came to your door and tried to push your door open, what would you do? You would resist him with all your might. You would, you would do everything in your power to keep that door shut. And that's what you're to do with the devil. Uh, the idea here is, is not to go on the attack, but to withstand an attack. And when Satan tempts you to doubt or to disobey, when he seeks to discourage or depress, when you notice those old dark thoughts coming upon you aggressively, push back or resist. And the amazing thing is that this is really presented in the scripture as the, a, the simple and uh, almost total answer to dealing with the devil. James said, resist the devil and he will flee from you. This is really, in other words, what I'm saying is that this is really important. It's not, when we talk about resisting the devil, it's not, we don't, we, we don't want to think, okay, all right, yeah, I've heard that before. Now let's, let's, let's wait for some really, really powerful secret and how I can deal with the devil. <laughs> no, you've, you've been given a key here to, that, you, that you can resist. And so we're going to talk a little bit at length about this. Uh, Thomas Constable said, It is amazing that God has given believers the power to resist the greatest creature ever, ever made. I thought it was a pretty profound thought. So he is powerful, and, and I think it's important that we understand that, that we, have, that we understand, have a sense of gravity and seriousness about the power of, power of the devil. But on the other hand, God has given you and me the power to resist the greatest creature ever made. God has given you the right, the authority in Christ to stand against any and every onslaught of the enemy. So though we understand that the devil is like a roaring lion, it would be wrong to think of him as invincible or someone that you cannot resist and have victory over at every moment in every instance. Uh, 
You can withstand any deception. You can withstand any temptation, any oppression, any attack. In Christ, you can resist. You know, John tells the, the young men, First John, uh, you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. I love that. I really like that. That should be, that should be our identity. <laughs> it should be how we think. You are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. And I'm not sure, I haven't done a study on this, but you know, the word of God certainly can apply to different things. But you know, I almost think with John's uh, uh, continually referring to Jesus as the Son of God, you know, he's in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then John says, and that word of God is in you. Jesus Christ himself is in you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. And that's, that's the, the perspective. It's the frame of mind. It's, it's, the, it's the attitude, spiritual attitude with which, and confidence with which we ought to live. We are, we are to live and think as a, as a victor in and through Christ. I know I shared this verse a few weeks ago, but it's always been a favorite of mine you know, where... Uh, Jeremiah said, but the Lord is with me like a dread champion, or the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. And in that kind of spirit or that kind of attitude, we are to resist the devil. This is, next thing I'm going to say is not necessarily from Scripture, but in a practical sense, uh, as, or as a practical example, here's, here's how I often do this. I, I will often say to myself or in my mind or, or actually often out loud, I will just say, I repudiate that thought. I renounce that idea. I love God and I belong to Jesus Christ. And wherever that thought came from, it's not mine, it's from the devil. And I renounce it, I resist it. You know, I fight it off. So when weird and ungodly and sinful thoughts come into your mind, don't spend lots of time wallowing and, oh, how could I ever think that or what a terrible person I must be. View them as attempts of the devil to, to devour you and reject them, resist them as quickly as you are aware of them. Remind yourself that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit, that you are a saint who belongs to Jesus Christ, that Christ died for you to claim you as his own and that you are dead to sin and alive to God. And my point is that you don't have to accept all the thoughts that the devil plants in your mind. You have a right to resist. In fact, if you're not resisting, if you're not resisting some or maybe even a lot of the thoughts and feelings that rise up in your mind and heart, I can pretty much guarantee you that you will be spending an awful lot of time living in spiritual defeat. And not only do you push back or resist uh, the thoughts, the temptations, the, the, the deceptive workings of the devil, uh, I think, I think it's really important that you push back with better thoughts. And, and I'm not going to go back to the temptation of Jesus. Most of you know that story. But when he was tempted with the devil, 
he, he didn't simply resist the devil. He, he resisted the devil with better thoughts, with truer thoughts, with, with thoughts from the Scripture. And so you, you resist the dark and damaging thoughts of the devil by bringing in the light and the, and the healing of the gospel, by bringing in the promises of God. Um, Romans chapter 8 was, would be a great, great one to pull, pull some gems from, to, uh, to, to have ready at hand to uh, supplant the, the things that the devil brings to your mind. Sometimes, uh, you know, Jesus had those, just, boy, he just knew right what to say to the devil at every point. And I think we should pray to be like that. Ask God to give us a word in, that is appropriate to, uh, to respond back. Ask God to give you the word for the moment. So this standing firm is, is, is really important have, to have, an, to have a, an attitude that, that we're... N- and I don't mean this in a flippant way, because remember, I just, I just preached against, the, against that. But still, it's really important that we have an attitude that we're going to stand firm and not going to let the devil just walk all over us. Okay? Third key for dealing with the devil is, uh, to, is to stand firm in faith. Okay? So if, if, hopefully if you're with me, we, we, it's have a sober spirit, be watchful, be on the alert. Resist him. Have an attitude of resistance. And then third is to stand firm in the faith. Stand firm in what we believe. Stand firm in what what you believe. Stand firm in the word of God, the promises of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, as as I said earlier, and I know this this is a little bit of repeating myself, but the devil's Point of attack is your faith. If he can strike at your faith, if he can strike at your enthusiasm, your excitement, your joy for the things of God, then then he has you where he wants you, and you are in spiritual danger. His, in other words, his, his goal is to drag each of us into a state of unbelief, of at least of some measure. And you may recall that time in Peter's life when, when uh, Satan was after him and, and Jesus said, uh, Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat. I don't know what that word picture conjures up in your mind, but I don't want to be sifted like wheat. Do you want to be sifted like wheat? Well, that's what Satan had, tr- had wanted to do, attempted to do with Peter. Simon, Simon, Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. He knew that that was ultimately what Satan was after in Peter's life, was to tear down his faith, was to undermine his, his, his faith. And when you are suffering, when you're experiencing pain, when you're experiencing hard things, when you're experiencing really hard things, those are the times that your faith may be more vulnerable. Now, I don't think it has to be. I think of Paul and Silas being beaten in the jail at midnight singing praises to God. I don't think that we have to sink down in unbelief 
when we suffer. But the devil will take advantage of your pain, your heartache, your suffering to lead you astray from an attitude of faith and robust faith and joy-filled faith in Christ. He can lead your thoughts to things like, is God really even there? Did he forget about me? Doesn't he answer prayer anymore? Did, did he just abandon me altogether? Did he give up on me? So, so when you're suffering, it is a time to especially stand firm in your faith. And this standing firm in our faith, it's, it's something that, as, as I, I, I know I say this many times, but it's something that nobody else can do for you. <laughs> you have to stand firm in your faith, you can, you can be encouraged by others. You can go to others to help build up your faith. In fact, we should do that. We should be, be together, constantly building up one another in the faith, encouraging. That's one reason we assemble together. It's very dangerous to stop assembling together. Your faith level goes down. Before you know it, you're deceived. Um, but this is something you, you must actively do to protect yourself. And the Bible is full of exhortations to keep our faith firm. Just, I'm going to read a few. I'm not going to give you the references on these. If you want them, I'd be glad to give them to you. But the writer of Hebrews says, Do not throw away your confidence. Let us draw near to God with full assurance of faith. Do not grow weary and lose heart. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And in Jude 20, But you, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So uh, this, and I could go on and on. I mean, there's all kinds of scriptures that tell us how important it is that we don't throw away our confidence, that we hold unswervingly to our faith, that we build ourselves up in our our most holy faith. So the way to keep the the devil from, from harming you is 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 to live with a firm and a robust, living, active faith in God. And when, when you have experienced defeat, the way back is to get your faith back. The way back is to get your faith back to a vibrant, strong, firm place. Ephesians 6.16 says this pretty remarkable thing about faith. It says, uh, take up the shield of faith, which is able to extinguish all, A-L-L, the flaming arrows or missiles of the evil one. So just it shows you again this importance, importance that we, that we be thinking about our faith, that we, that we be aware of. Of, of our level of faith, if you will. If we, if we be aware of what's going on in our heart and mind regarding the faith and that, we, and that we do everything possible in our power as a regular pattern of life to keep our faith strong and built up. So I think... I think it's, I think this is this is really helpful to to know this to know this key and to know how how key this is. Uh, not that I'm saying this is always easy, but it is simple. 
The path to victory is not wallowing in or digging up your past. It's not figuring out a way to get even with those who have hurt you. It's not looking for someone else to fix you. It's getting your faith firm once again. And when I, when I feel that Satan has uh, undermined my faith, uh, I read the Psalms. I read some really good devotional materials. I do something that will stimulate and strengthen my faith. I get together with another believer for coffee and talk or you know, I, th- I do things that I know will strengthen my faith. And we must always go back to the cross and look at what Jesus did for us there. I mean, this is, this is the core of our victory. This is the core um, work that God did for us in which we place our faith. Um, for, for it is at the cross that we see God and Christ's love for us. There we see, it's at the cross that there we see someone not who is condemning us, but who died for us, who died for our justification. There we see our sins removed from us and born by another, by Jesus Christ. It is at the cross that we see that God is for us. E.M. Bounds uh, said, Satan cannot stand an expo- and, excuse me. Ian Bounds said, Satan cannot stand an exposition of the blood of Christ. He turns pale at every view of Calvary. The flowing wounds are the signal of his defeat. A clear ringing testimony to the power of that blood. He fears more than the attack of a legion of angels. Here are some other beliefs, and I just, I just wrote off, these are just, I mean, I just, off the top of my head, it's just kind of, here's what we believe. If we're going to stand firm in our faith, here are things that we need to stand firm in. We believe that God is there. We believe that he is good. We believe that he cares for us, that he loves us. We believe that Christ washed away our sins. We believe there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. We believe Christ lives in us by his spirit. We believe that we have died to sin and are alive to God. We believe that we are free from the bondage of, of sin. We believe that Christ set the prisoners free, that our past with its darkness and patterns of thinking no longer can hold us captive. We believe the Holy Spirit is real, that he is speaking and working in us and leading us and manifesting himself through us. We believe that we are a new creation in Christ. Old things passed away, new things have come. We believe all things are possible with God. We believe all things are working for our good because we love God. We believe the best is yet to come. We believe Christ is coming and that we have a massive weight of glory waiting for us in heaven, protected by God. And while our faith is firm in, in these things, while our faith is firm and robust and rejoicing in these things, we are kept safe from the devil. Then one more thing, one more perspective, I'll call it, uh, that Peter says will help protect us from the devil. And actually I would say, um, I would maybe make this point, uh, not to get too technical, but I'd make this kind of a subset 
of standing firm in faith. Because he says, I'm going to make it a separate point, but it's really kind of, it's kind of something that will help you stand firm in faith. Peter says, stand firm knowing that your brothers and sisters throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. So stand firm because or as you know, as you knowing that as you are knowing or as you know that many other people, your brothers and sisters, are suffering too. So he's 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 giving us something that will help us stand firm against the devil. And the word here is 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 really is brotherhood. It's like we are in this close-knit family of believers and the, in, this, in this close-knit family of believers, other people, our, our brothers and sisters in the Lord are suffering pain and trials just like you have and you are. Of course, of course, there Peculiar circumstances, or their circumstances are different or unique. I mean, there, in, in one sense, nobody knows the trouble you've seen. I, mean, I get that, okay? Um, but many other people, many other godly people are suffering too. And many others are standing firm in their faith through incredible suffering. There's believers probably right here in this town, but certainly all over the world, and probably for sure even in this church, or at least a good likelihood that there's, there's people everywhere at this moment that are suffering even more painful things than, than you are, as painful and as hard and severe and heavy as the load might be right now. Many others are... Suffering, and many others are standing firm in their faith through incredible suffering. And so, let that encourage you to stand firm. Stand firm knowing this. Let that truth protect you from self-pity, from self-focus, and from the urge to quit, or from believing the lies of the devil. And again, I... I, I emphasize that, yes, you do have unique trials. You may have unique trials with a, with a mother or father or son or daughter or spouse, some unjust situation at work, some other major stress in your life. Peter's point is others may not be going through the exact same thing that you are, but they are going through the same kinds of pain and suffering and loss in different measure and at different times, but many of God's dear, and I would, I would, I would say any, many of God's dear and most precious and beloved children are suffering just like you. Satan wants you to think that your trial is unique, that you are alone in your struggle, that you are the only one going through things like this. And Satan will will work to get you obsessed with thinking no one understands me, no one understands what I am going through, poor me. 
and I'd, I'd be careful, I don't want to sound like I'm belittling anybody's suffering, but I just want to warn you that that's, that's a dangerous place to go when you are suffering. Um, I've even seen you know, Satan get people obsessed with trying to get other people to understand their problems, their feeling, their pain. And we should. In the body of Christ, boy, we should be alert to other people's pains. We should bear one another's burdens. We should be alert to that. But when we ourselves start thinking, boy, I want other, every people, everybody to understand what I'm going through and my pain and my suffering, it becomes very self-focused and becomes a, really a, a place or a, a way that the devil can defeat us. Because that kind of thinking is not, is not only self-focused, Peter would say it's based on a lie. It's a scheme of the devil. It's a trap. It keeps you from being aware that you, that you do not stand alone. God is with you. Others are with you. It keeps you from going to another person in the body of Christ and asking them, what are you going through? You know, I, I met with somebody last Friday, uh, Friday morning for, for coffee and didn't know they were going any, through anything at all and they seemed, seemed to be, everything seemed to be smooth and uh, seemed to have, they always seemed to be laughing and have a great sense of humor. Met with them, talked with them and man, they had some, had some real physical pain and some real, just some real struggles, things they're really struggling with. And uh, boy, if, 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 all, if, if, you, if you think that you're the only one, it'll keep you from getting into relationships like that and reaching out to people and caring about the suffering that others are going through. It keeps you from, the fellowship, from, from fellowshipping in the sufferings of others and bearing one another's burdens, and it keeps you from being encouraged from exactly what Peter says, from knowing that your brothers and sisters suffer too and f- from seeing that many of them not only suffer, but they're standing firm in their faith, and you can too. You can too. So here's, here's what we should be thinking. Along with m- many brothers and sisters in the Lord, I too am suffering. My experiences of suffering are common to many. In the body of Christ, I may be in great pain, but so are many others. And God cares for them, and God cares for me. And that's, that's what Peter just, just told us. Be, cast your cares upon him, because God cares for you. So, just brief wrap-up, how do we deal with the devil? Well, be of sober spirit, or be on the alert. Always be on the alert, daily be on your guard. Particularly in those areas that you are susceptible to. Uh, Secondly, resist. Shut the door on him as quick as you can. Third, just keep your faith living and strong and dynamic. Just be doing those things daily and weekly that, that build up your faith. And then finally... Uh, just never listen to the lie that you're the only one. Um, consider yourself. Consider yourself. Look upon yourself as being a part of a, a vast body of people, a vast brotherhood uh, who, who also suffer. All right, let's pray. Father, I pray that uh, you would use your word, your truth to... Um, to keep keep us 
living firm in faith and not devoured uh, by the evil one. Lord, I I pray, God, that you would graciously um, use your word this morning to to spare every one of us in here, uh, small and large defeats at the devil's hands. Thank you for your word. Thank you that your word is truth, that your word has a sanctifying effect. And we, uh, we love you, God. We love you, Jesus. And uh, we want to remain safe in you uh, by following this prescription that Peter gives us here. Thank you, God, so much that you have gained the victory through the cross over the devil and that by simply resisting and being firm, standing firm in faith, we too can walk in that victory daily. And so we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. For